welcome back to the Stop Stressing Me Out podcast. We are kicking off the summer season from June until the end of August, where we're going to tackle many of the top stressors that keep us from feeling rested and calm. We're talking being laid off from work, we're talking financial concerns, we're talking kids who don't listen, or when we struggle to talk about politics with, well, anyone. It's going to be an absolutely incredible season with a slew of phenomenal guests, and I, for one, am so happy to be back at the microphone. Now, today's episode is all about what to do after you've been laid off. And what's kind of funny about this particular episode is that it was meant to come out in January this year. Like, I had it written, I was about to record it, and then you know what happened? (laughs) I showed up at an all-hands meeting one week at work, and things just felt a little bit different. And we were all messaging each other on Slack. Um, I worked in a tech company and companies around the world were laying off employees en masse. So to have our weekly meeting agenda become like a one one time, like one line item, which was an update from the CEO, like things just felt a little different. And there it was, the first round of layoffs. Now, I was not immediately affected by those layoffs, but in the second round, I had the opportunity to put my hand up for a voluntary package. So suffice to say, this topic felt just a little bit too fresh for me to cover in that moment without being like too biased. And I was honestly going through it myself. So it's funny because I think a lot of people make the assumption that voluntary layoffs are easier. And I mean, you know, all I'll say is that they're different. They're not easier, harder, what, you know, they're just different. People think that you're leaving an organization with like a giant paycheck and can swan off into the distance. But having been through voluntary layoffs twice now, I can tell you that's not the case. I can tell you that both times were absolutely agonizing as I made that decision, as opposed to having the decision made for me. There were so many what ifs, and given that it takes the average person three to six months to find a job, and not all voluntary layoffs come with government assistance, like depending on where you live and certain criteria of the layoff, it can feel like both a blessing and a curse. As a mom of two kids, you can sure as heck bet that I was running the numbers again and again and again to see how things would work out and how soon I would need a job. Um, The answer was immediately. And my pro-con list was constantly being reviewed. Ultimately, like it was the right decision for me, but that sure as heck doesn't mean it was or is an easy one. But back to today's topic, what to do when you're laid off. Um, Last year when we talked with the employment lawyer, Heather Tominsky, we talked about the things that you should think about before you're laid off. Wait, what, before? But how do you know you're going to be laid off? Well, like you don't. We all hope it won't happen to us, but statistically it happens to 50% of us. Um, And in reality, it can happen to anyone at any point in time. So I do highly recommend you go back and check out that episode. I will link it in today's uh, show notes and description. But here were some of the key points. First, a company can lay you off at any time for any reason. It, it truly doesn't matter, um, even if you deem it wrongful dismissal and you have a case afterwards. Like they, they truly can lay you off at any time for any reason. 
Uh, you should always consult a lawyer to review your package if you can. Many organizations offer like three uh, free 30 minute consults. And even when you're paying for an hour of a lawyer's time, like I did this time with a voluntary package and it was worth every penny, you can at least rest assured that you are getting everything that you deserve, that you're not um, missing something. It's so easy to miss something when you're in that like panicked emotional state. And that is the lawyer's job to make sure nothing is left on the table. Uh, another tip that I really took away was do not sign anything right away or feel pressured to sign a, um, a layoff package. If an organization is telling you like this is your best and final offer and to sign it right away, like you should take that as a giant red flag and immediately seek legal counsel, which is what I wish I had done in 2019 when I was laid off under super sketchy circumstances. But you live and you learn. And the last takeaway that I had was that in any role now and in the future, like keep a record of feedback from others, positive and otherwise. Not only is it helpful to support a legal case, because like you will lose immediate access to all of your emails and your files and whatnot, right, when you're laid off. But personally, it's also a great way to boost your morale when you're feeling low, because it's evidence in your back pocket that you were and are good at what you do and that the term laid off does not need to define your level of self-esteem. Okay, so we've recapped what to do before you're laid off. <laughs> now, here's what to do when you are laid off. First and foremost, I'm assuming many people have found this episode because they have just been laid off. And if that's you, if you're in this situation right now, I just want to say how sorry I am that this has happened to you. It sucks it's brutal and your feelings are totally valid wherever they're landing. But what I know without a shadow of a doubt is that you'll get through it. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean how long you know it's going to take any of those factors. But you are one resilient mother trucker, even if it doesn't feel like it at this moment, like it probably doesn't feel like it at this moment. I know that you have depths that you may not even realize at this moment, but let's let's start walking through some of this together. So the very first thing I suggest to anyone who has been laid off is to go for a walk. A walk? A walk? Victoria, walks don't solve everything. No, like, no, they absolutely don't. But what I do know is that when your adrenaline is through the roof, when you go through a traumatic experience, you're in that reptilian fight or flight brain, rightly so. But you know what your reptilian brain is not good for? It is not good at problem solving. It is not good at not panicking. <laughs> your reptilian brain will lead you to sign that piece of paper that HR hands you without taking the time to review it with a lawyer or think things through. So if you can get yourself out for a 20, 30, 60 minute walk, what you're doing is increasing your oxygen flow, which engages your prefrontal cortex, like kind of that part of your brain right behind your forehead. And you know what your prefrontal cortex does? It helps you figure shit out and it helps you calm down. It gets you out of shock and into processing and critical thinking. So what if you're laid off like en masse? I mean, I've totally been there. I've seen it happen understandably, many groups of people will flock to the bar. And, and I'm not saying don't go to the bar to commiserate with your peers. 
but could you walk to a bar 30 minutes away? Like I guarantee it will help all of you or could you go for a quick walk and meet them at the bar? I honestly, like I know it sounds so silly, but it it does make a difference when you are trying to process something really big. Next up, you're going to need to tell a loved one. So whether you live alone or not, it is important to share the news with someone that will be there for you. And if it were me, (laughs) I'd suggest you be prepared with this sentence. I don't need us to problem solve anything today, maybe later, but I just need you to be there for me. Why? Because if you begin the problem solving with others immediately, it actually can turn that adrenaline back up because so much of the problem solving is going to be fear-based. Again, understandably, like, you know, you're panicked about finances, all these things, right? But like trying to solve that today is not going to be the answer. So let them be there for you. Let them hold you like a tight hug does wonders for our stress. Um, If you don't have someone in your life that can do that for you right now, like squeeze yourself really tight with a blanket or put a weighted blanket on yourself. But allow yourself to process without the opinions of others weighing you down more than you're already feeling it. Okay, so that like, I don't need us to problem solve anything today, but I just need you to be there for me. Okay, and then (laughs) do your absolute best to get a good night's sleep. Like, I know, I know all of this sounds so basic and almost impossible, But listen, when it's happened to me, I have felt zero shame about embracing a sleep aid like Z-Quil or even a shot of NyQuil is what I tend to go to to get me like over into sleep. Because I know that if I don't, my brain is just going to betray me and my need for sleep. But you're going to need it in order to wake up tomorrow and be able to process without feeling exhausted, right? If you're feeling exhausted the next day, it's all just going to compound the stress. Okay, deep breath. You're on day two. Day two is where you wake up with nowhere to go and your routine has been thrown out the window. So I'm going to suggest you start the day with like a soothing beverage of your choice. If you can stomach food like a nutritious breakfast to line your belly and go for another quick walk. And then you're ready for some thinking and some doing. So we need to alleviate some of the fear and feel like we're taking action, which means one of the first proper to-dos we have is in reviewing our finances. So what is the state of your package? Or did you even get a package? Um, What government assistance is available to you, like employment assistance through, you know, in Canada, we call it uh, employment insurance. Um, Depends on the type of job you have, though, right? How much is in your bank balance or is accessible by by which I mean, like, don't touch those retirement funds or that credit or those credit cards if possible. And then what about your budget? If you were to keep up your expenses the way that they are today, how long until you were to run out of funds? So again, this is not to panic you. It's so that you have data. You might even realize you have more than you thought, or especially if you do get government assistance, um, you know, for six months, a year, whatever that looks like. Again, it's, it's, it's not to panic you. This is to give you some understanding and certainty in an uncertain time. 
So nobody has a crystal ball and we can't tell exactly when the next job will come our way, but we know what we're working with at least, okay? So finances can be scary. So let's take another deep breath. Okay, right? (laughs) Now, let's assume you're feeling some of that financial pressure with your main income source gone. Here's a few things that you can do. So number one, in reviewing your budget, let's see if there's a bare bones version of it. So I had Nicole Olson Edwards on the podcast back in, I want to say 2018, 2019. And she talked about her family's approach to layoffs. And whenever one of them had gone through layoffs, they immediately would pull their kids from childcare to reduce that big, big expense. Something like that might be a fit for you, or perhaps it's a last resort for you. Um, Maybe you immediately stop, you know, investing in your RRSPs or anything like that. Like you just put big things that you can on pause or your savings in general, or you stop midway through that reno project you were working on or whatever. Or maybe you've barely had any wiggle room in your budget, let alone some of the luxuries I've just listed. In which case, like this is where you need to get really creative. Can you talk to your various providers, your phone, your internet, your mortgage, your landlord, and see if there's something that they can do to, you know, temporarily pause or do a repayment plan or give you a better deal, like if it's your phone or your internet or that kind of thing. It may not be possible, and yet you might also be surprised at what is. Next, are there other sources of temporary support or income if you're in like a real bind? Could a family member or a friend help you out, whether financially or with childcare or with, you know, something else? Can you get a low interest line of credit from your bank? Like, I'm not a huge fan of credit in general, particularly try not to rack up debt on credit cards and never, ever go to one of those payday loan places like avoid, avoid, avoid. But for those like less extortionate types of loans, there may be a time in all of our lives when we need a helping hand. So you do what's right for you, but think it through and look at all of your options. As Alyssa Davies from Mixed Up Money says, and she's going to be on the podcast next week, whatever you do, try not to pull from your retirement savings. Many of those RRSPs or similar, whatever they're called in other countries, are designed not to be touched. So if you pull from them early, in many cases, you ha- you will lose what's been accrued to date. And then as a result, you will lose that benefit of compound interest in the future. And you might even pay a fine. Okay, for some of you listening to this financial section has just like amped up your stress. So let's take another deep breath. <sighs> don't focus on the finances to amp up your stress, but rather to address the elephant in the room. When you know what your runway is, no matter how long or short, you have data to work from. So now what? Well, that is the question. Now what? It's a question you need to ask yourself and honestly answer. Here's what I know for sure. The answer to that question isn't immediately throwing resumes at every job posting you see. That is a panicked fight or flight response. Um, And I don't know about you, but you can sense panic in those resumes and in those, um, you know, job applications. So don't throw that out there into the world, right? (laughs) Because you're just wasting your time. 
I recognize some of you may not have the flexibility to not apply for a job right away, but if you are in a situation with somewhat of a runway and maybe even government insistence, that can be enough of a safety net to give you just a little bit of time to think and process. So here are some of the questions I want you to reflect on. You can do this in a journal, by simply thinking them through on a walk, or by talking them through with a friend, a coach, a therapist, a counselor, anybody. Number one, what did I really love about the job I was just laid off from? So as you begin to think of your next steps, in a perfect world, we are taking a next step that is an improvement in some way, ideally, right? So what worked in your last role? Maybe you love the people, your manager's leadership style, a specific aspect of your work, the format of your work, like office versus work from home versus hybrid, uh, the industry, or something else entirely. Write any and all of it down so that you know what you're starting to look for going forward. Now, number two, if you had the choice, which parts of your job would you like to avoid in your next move? So this is an interesting one because when we apply for roles, we are only seeing a very specific view of an organization, the one they want to present. And sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper or get creative in the questions that we ask in interviews in order to see the red flags. Maybe you want to avoid being underpaid for your next role, in which case you're going to need to do some research of what is equitable pay for your experience, role, and the industry to which you're applying. Maybe you want to avoid being micromanaged or being part of teams that are low on collaboration. You can generally get a sense of both of these things through questions you pose in an interview. Maybe you want to be in a more stable industry so you'll tailor your applications appropriately. Every job has pros and cons, like there's always trade-offs, but the key is figuring out what your needs are what will make you most happy overall, and what is less of a big deal for you. Number three, who are you without this job or a future job? Woof, (laughs) this is a big one. And I ask it because so many people, myself included, tie a large part of their identity to the role that they hold. And so when that role is taken away from them or they struggle to find a new one, it shatters their self-esteem. So I really want you to think about who you are as a whole person. What makes you you? What makes you special and important? Maybe this does include feedback that came from your former job, but I guarantee that feedback is more transferable and applicable than you think. Maybe you're a great collaborator, speaker, presenter, leader, listener, lover, friend, parent, community volunteer, creative, adventurous, curiosity seeker, and beyond. Maybe you don't give up, or you hold great boundaries, or you have a solid work ethic. None of these things changed because you're out of a job. None of these things have changed if you're struggling to find a job. They cannot be taken away from you. They are innate. And you need to remember them. Which is why you better have written them down. (laughs) Okay, so... I want that to be something that is handy that you can review when you need a reminder. Number four, what are your various options and what would be good, better, best? 
So when the global pandemic hit and my entire family income dried up overnight because my business took a nosedive and my husband was laid off, his industry was events and that just didn't happen anymore, I had to switch gears. I started to think about what were my strengths, what had I done before, what was I interested in, and where could I quite honestly get referrals from my network? And it landed me in a role with a tech company that worked in corporate social responsibility. In reality, I looked back and I'm like, I've now worked in the social impact sector for a decade in totally different roles in totally different industries with different focuses. The role that I was hired for was essentially customer service. And working with in customer service wasn't exactly on my personal career path again, but in the end, it was actually the perfect job for me at that time. As a result of that job, I was able to qualify for a mortgage, which allowed us to, as a family, move to British Columbia. I was able to bring stability to our family during the mother trucking global pandemic of instability. I was able to flex new skills. I was able to build my confidence. I was able to work with some of the best human beings I've truly had the opportunity to work with. And it opened new opportunities for me that I'm exploring right now. So it was a stepping stone that included some phenomenal experience along with the challenges. Like like I said, no job is perfect. But what are your options? What are your strengths? What could you try that maybe you've never done before, but you have the transferable skills to learn? Who is in your network that might open a door for you, be it a conversation or a resume referral? Then when you have all these like rough options on paper, what would be your good, better, best? Maybe the good option is still a good option because it gives you stability and time to think about what you really want. Might not be the perfect option, but it's still a good option. It's important to think broadly about this because in times of constraint, it can truly feel like the the walls are closing in on us. Kind of like that trash compactor scene in Star Wars. But you have more options than you may realize. And when you're able to breathe deeply and regulate and get out of that fight or flight, your brain will actually allow you the opportunity to explore that. Okay, final piece of advice. Now that you have more or less of a framework that's going to help you in your job search and figuring out what's next, recognize that you don't have to do it all overnight. Sending out 100 resumes at once can sound highly productive, but like in practice, it will burn you out and it will set the stakes sky high. Build yourself a bit of a structure and like routine for this temporary phase of your life. Some of that time each day will be job hunting, absolutely, but a chunk of it should be self-care. That could be finally organizing that junk drawer that you've never had time to do or taking those clothes to the Salvation Army. It could be trying a new recipe or going for a midweek hike because why the heck not? Give yourself permission to rest during this process. Your body, your mind, and your heart are going through a lot right now, so set a reasonable pace and find your flow. Oh gosh, we've covered a lot and yet there's probably so many other things we could have discussed. Um, Again, please know that if you're going through this, like I understand deeply what this can do to a person, their self-esteem, their stress, and their ability to feel whole. Know 
in the bottom of your soul that this doesn't define you. Know that you will get through it. You've gotten through everything else in the past. We just can't know how or how long or what the outcome will be. And that is understandably scary. And give yourself grace and don't forget to connect with people. We can all help one another through hard times. Okay, lastly, lastly, if you're not in this specific situation right now, but you're listening anyways, ask yourself today, how can you support someone else with one tiny action? Can you make a referral? Can you go for a walk with them so they know they're not so alone? Can you send them a small gift card for a coffee or something so they know that you're thinking of them? Can you connect them with someone in your network? These actions may seem tiny to you, but like they can feel monumental to the receiver. Okay, that's actually it, my friends. So next week on Stop Stressing Me Out, we are talking with Alyssa Davies from Mixed Up Money to talk all things financial anxiety and how we can feel more confident in our finances. So I don't know about you, but it's something I think of often, and I cannot wait to share the conversation with you. So if you've enjoyed this episode of Stop Stressing Me Out podcast, you can always dive deeper into these stress management tools in my book, Stress Less in 90 Days, Your Guide to Beat Burnout, Build Resilience, and Actually Enjoy Your Daily Life. It's a super accessible book and workbook with clear actions each week of the program, and they're going to help you build the foundation of lasting stress reduction. No fluff or magic pills in this book, like it requires some work, but you can find it in paperback or audio format on Amazon and Audible, or you can find the ebook pretty much wherever ebooks are sold. And last but not least, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or on your socials. Tag me at Stressless Ladies as I would absolutely love to see it. Until next week, okay? Okay.